Hello, everybody. I'm Kim. I'm Kathleen. And, and we're here, here for, for the Uncomfortable Conversations with, with the K&K K twins. twins. We don't know who we are. That's fine. Thanks for joining us. Thanks. So here we are, mm -hmm. continuing our journey, yes. our healing journey together. Thank you and for today, joining us. today, yes, thank you. Hey, don't forget to click like and subscribe mm -hmm. below. Uh, we'd really appreciate that. Um, if you go to our YouTube channel, it's Uncomfortable mm -hmm. Conversations with the K&K &K Twins. And you, you can subscribe on Spotify as well. And then every True. time there's a new episode, mm -hmm. it will come up and it will let you know. I think we're our most podcast platforms. Oh, yeah, so you yeah, can yeah, find you us. That. Yeah, I, you can find us in pretty much anywhere. Stuff we've never even heard of. So right? when you find yeah. us somewhere, put in the comments <laughs> where we know. are. We found us. We don't. You have no idea how ridiculous we are when it comes to technology. <laughs> like we literally just recorded ourselves doing nothing for, for like two three and a half minutes, minutes yeah. getting ready for this. It's crazy. It's, we don't know how we do this. We're, one day we're going to show you how ridiculous we are, yeah. so you can and see. And we'll post but, some of these blooper ones yeah. because they're just ridiculous. So, so yeah, let um, us know what we're doing. Post it. Post yeah. it so we know where we are. Um, so Kim, why don't you show them the book again? Oh, yes. We are. This book has changed our lives. Yes, for this sure. This book changed our lives. It's called Untangling Relationships: mm -hmm. A Guide, uh, Christian Perspective on Codependency by Pat Springle. Pat Thank Springle. Thank you, Pat. We Thank appreciate you, you. We wish we could find you. I know. We, we looked, looked for you. you. We wanted permission to use your stuff. But we anyway. wanted your input. We wanted to get to know you. Yeah. So all of this is pretty much right out of this book. So um, yeah. So we're not. Trying to plagiarize, we're giving him no, all the credit. Absolutely, it's on you, buddy. Thank you. We appreciate you. We appreciate you. So we're going to talk um, this episode about the Savior slash Judas complex. Mm -hmm. So, a lot of times as codependents, we either feel like a savior or we feel like Judas. So we're either one who rescues or one who betrays. Um, very two very big extremes. Okay, um, one who helps or one who fails. Often these are very black and white perceptions of self change and it happens in a heartbeat. Like one moment, um, it depends on who we're with. It one moment we are saving the world and we're helping and we, we've got it all figured out. And in the next moment or with the next person, um, we're feeling insecure and like we don't mm -hmm. know how to help and that we're gonna mess mm -hmm. everything up and that we're failures. And a lot of times that, that sense of self changes depending on the other person's response to us. If they're happy, we're the savior. If they're unhappy, they're sad or they're angry, then we're the Judas. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, definitely. So people with a savior complex think they are indispensable. And when we get in that mode, we feel indispensable and that we want to just rescue everyone who's in need. Um, so if you're in savior mode, here's how you think. You think if someone has a need, I'll meet it. Yep. <laughs> if someone doesn't, if a need doesn't exist, that's okay. I'll create one and then I'll meet it. Exactly. <laughs> Is this you or do you know somebody like this? Yes. Um, if there's a small need, I'm going to make it a big need. And then I'll meet it. And, then I'll meet it. <laughs> and you'll be so grateful. If nobody wants help, that's okay. I'm going to help you anyway. I'll help whether you ask or not. I'll give you advice whether you ask for it or not. Oh, isn't that a big one? Yeah. Oh my gosh, why do we do that? I don't know, especially with our kids. Mm. We give our kids advice instead of asking them something like, well, what do you think you should do? Or what have you tried so Teaching far? Teaching them problems. Or, you know, skills. yeah, no, yeah. we try and do it for them. Oh, well, you should do this, or why don't you do that? Mm. Or, you know, don't, don't. We're don't gonna shit learn how, on people. We're going to learn how to not to do that. Yes. Well, it's part of this functioning in a healthy way, which mm -hmm. we're learning every day about a little bit more and a little bit more. But most of us feel like a savior when someone else needs us. 
or when we can solve somebody else's problems. That makes us feel like, gosh, we've really got this. Mm -hmm. we're, we're really great. Yeah. I'm really great. <laughs> you feel like your sense of self-worth comes from fixing somebody yeah. else's problems. And so you strive for that gratitude. You want them to appreciate you yes. and thank you and give you all the glory. You may, you know, you're not doing it for the, you know, altruistic reasons. You're doing it for your self-need because that's you need that. That's a really good point. I feel like that's so much of codependency is mm -hmm. the motive. Motive. Where yep. is the mo Where does the motive come from? Does it come from a place of genuinely wanting to serve others, help others, love others? Or does it come from a place of self-promotion, self-love, self- Well, you need. Yes. You're needing something Fulfilling from the other personal person. need. Yeah. Mm -hmm. that's, yep. I think that's a big thing that we yep. need to really analyzing ourselves yeah. when we make decisions is what's my motive right exactly i know think about this i i remember this i've had a friend uh, a couple friends actually um but if you know somebody like this who seems like they need to get their love and value and worth from their children mm -hmm. like it's really important for them that their children validate them that is super unhealthy if you need your child to make you happy, mm -hmm. if you need your child, if you put that responsibility on them to make you happy, to make you feel loved, that's not needed. healthy. Yeah. Needed. If, yes, if you need to be needed and you use your children to do that, not healthy. Definitely. That's enabling, that's that's Definitely. really crippling them. It's, oh, that's um, what I was about to say, it's crippling mm -hmm. them. Instead of allowing them to grow up and be healthy and, and learn how to function <laughs> on their own, you're, you're, you're stifling them. You're mm -hmm. really retarding their growth. You're keeping them from growing. So exactly. that's, that's, I think mm -hmm. that's, I feel like that could be some kind of low key abuse. Yeah, I think so. I really do. Yeah. I, I, and I we've mean, all done it, I by think the way. about um, a long time ago, a friend who had a son, he was about four years old and I know they tried to have kids for a while and she, they, she had the son and he came, I we were over there for dinner one night, my husband and I, my ex-husband. And, um, I just remember her she catered so much to him but i remember him saying about a little girl at school like at his preschool i think he was only four or so four or five and preschool or kindergarten and he said that was his girlfriend and she immediately got like a certain felt a certain way about that and so she said to him oh but you'll never love anyone as much as you love mommy right mommy's oh, your first wow. girlfriend mommy's your first love you don't that's love her creepy. more than me that's so unhealthy I just remember thinking, wow, that's a problem. You know what I mean? And so, um, yeah, it was very strange. So, yeah, but that's an extreme. But. Yeah, but I think people do it all the time. I think we do it, you know, people do it all the time. Right, so. I won't go into details. <laughs> we will later. It might be you. We will later, yeah. Okay, so <laughs> the next one is the Judas mode, okay? Yes. So the Judas mode is a mood of failure and despair, mm -hmm. okay? Judas people are so afraid of failing that they feel paralyzed. And this can really also encompass indecision, okay? Um, here's the thought process in the Judas mode. People need me, but I can't help. Their needs are too big and I feel awful, but I can't help. Every time I try to help, I make it worse or I fail, therefore I don't try. Just very um, pessimistic, mm -hmm. very fatalistic. Um, no matter what I do, it's wrong. If I try, I fail. If I don't try, I fail. I'm a miserable failure. Okay, so that's the Judas complex. Yeah. So it, you may feel like a Judas when you feel needed, but you also feel inadequate to meet that need. Your insecurities are such that you don't feel like you'll be able to really um, help. Okay, that you're not worthy. So the Judas, Savior Judas pattern 
is an expression of black and white thinking. Yes. Okay. It's there either are no gray, shades or yes, gray. It's either great or it's terrible, right? So yeah. you're either the savior or you're a Judas. Okay. Um, but those are. Anytime we have crazy extremes like that, we need to know that something's out of balance. Right. And so the codependents have these two extremes, the savior extreme and the Judas extreme. Very black and white. Yes, like there's no shades of gray. We either feel absolutely fantastic about ourselves and we're on the top, on top of the world, or we feel worthless and lack value. And these really are flip sides of the same coin because the need is really about having self-worth. And it's the need to be loved and accepted which as we know, if you've been talking with us and listening with us, that that's the root of codependency. It all mm -hmm. comes from this need to be loved, right. this need to be valued. So the savior feels like he or she is accomplishing this goal. When he's rescuing, when he or she is rescuing somebody, right. fixing them. And the opposite end of it, the flip side of that coin is the Judas fears that he or she can't, which is very defeating. It is, it is. Um. So yeah, so people who are very skilled at people-pleasing may be in a chronic savior pattern. Yeah. Um, people on the other end of the extreme, the Judas mode, gradually lose confidence in themselves. Okay? You just look like a failure all the way around, you just quit trying. Um, and we can be both of those things with different people. And at different times in our lives. Right. And we're going to talk about that. We're going to give some examples from our own lives. Um, but when we do become... Do you want to do that now? No? Okay. Oh yeah, we can. Go ahead. Well, I was just, you know, I think about all the different phases of my life. And um, I, I really feel like in my business life, I felt very much like a Judah, you no, know, like a savior. savior. Like I can get things done, I'm helpful, I, you know, I over, I over, I'm over responsible, I do too much, mm -hmm. you know, I over function, that's the codependent in me. So mm -hmm. um, I'm, a, I'm an asset to have in any place I go. But then at home, I never felt like I could do anything right. I felt like I needed to tiptoe around my my ex-husband and make sure everything was okay, um, and felt very much um, like a Judas. And and you know, so my best friend told me years ago. She said to me one day, she goes, "You are yourself everywhere you go, except when you're at home." And I was like, what? Mm. It didn't even, like, I didn't even, it, I think it was probably two years later, a year or wow. two later, mm -hmm. where I, I was like, okay, remember when you said that? What did that mean? Because I lacked objectivity, I couldn't even see mm -hmm. that out in the world, I was really myself. But at home, I became a different person. And that's part of this codependent way of being, where we change and morph depending on the Chameleons. people who are around us mm -hmm. and how secure insecure they make us feel mm -hmm. we allow them to make us mm -hmm. feel because they don't they right i was gonna say they don't have control but they do we give them control right and i kind of did the same thing both um you know at work as an example i was always one that said as a leader i need to be you know i need to do the same things I'm having my team do. And mm -hmm. so it's hard for me to delegate things because i didn't want my team to think that hey you know i'm gonna i'm gonna say you know that i can't that i'm not helping them that i'm not supportive of them so I would just do things, do things that were actually their responsibility, not mine. And once someone becomes used to you doing their job, they're going to let you. Yeah. And so it did them a disservice because while I was just trying to show that I was a leader that would you know, roll up my sleeves and get in there with them, what I was doing was actually doing their job for them and enabling them not to perform at their best, at their highest level. 
Um, so that was something I had to learn. Um, at home, it was kind of the opposite also with my ex-husband because um, I did feel a lot of times like I just couldn't, I just couldn't do anything, not that I couldn't do anything right, but that there was just no pleasing him in a way. Mm. Um, he needed so much attention that it just drained me. And I feel like I was so busy trying to make everybody else happy that I lost myself. And I, I, I gradually over time did begin to lose my identity and my sense of um, self-esteem yeah. after a while. Because I, mean, I remember he would say things like, geez, you know, I would do something, maybe make his mistake. And he'd say, oh, my gosh, you know how would you ever survive without me? You know, how, how would you live without me? Because gosh, that was just, you know, a dumb thing to do. And so you start believing that after a while and, yeah. it, and it, and it wears you down. Mm -hmm. And so, um, that was part of it. But the other piece where I think some of this really stems from going back to the family of origin mm. is with my mother and with my father. My dad set very high, unrealistic, unattainable expectations. My mom was hypercritical. I could not do anything right. And I remember one time she was following me, I think to my apartment, back to my apartment. And I took somewhere out, I don't know, but when we get to my house, the first thing she says when she gets out is she's like, why did you go that way? I don't understand why you took this route. Why didn't you just take this route, blah, blah, blah. And I thought, does it matter? Wow. We're here. Like what? Like no, I couldn't even drive right. You know, I To your own place. Right, to my own home. So I was <laughs> like, oh my gosh. So I just remember the constant, it can be very demoralizing. Mm -hmm. And when it talks about the Judas complex, where you kind of just give up mm -hmm. and you mm -hmm. just stop trying because no matter what you do, it's not good enough. Mm -hmm. I think I went through phases of that at yeah. different times. For sure. The other phase was the constant people pleasing and mm -hmm. trying to make them happy. You just try and try. Yeah. And eventually you get so beaten down, you realize it's just never gonna happen. Just give it up. Or at some point you get a little stronger and think, you know what? I don't need this. You know, mm -hmm. I can I can figure out who I am apart from this. But I that takes like a lot of work. It does. But I also feel like some of it is our age. True. I feel like in our 20s especially, we're much more um, apt to people please and much mm. more apt to care about what people think. Mm -hmm. um, I think as we get in our 40s and 50s and beyond, we care less. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Saying it nicely. Okay. We don't care as much about yeah. what people think, and we really start to g come into our own and, and value ourselves. So I, I, I think that's part of it, too. I don't know mm -hmm. how those things all go together. I mean, do, are we, do we get healthier as we get older? I don't know if we just, maybe we get wiser. <gasps> Ooh. Maybe we get wiser. Maybe we become more self-aware. I don't know that For everybody sure. does, though, because sure I think some people have up such... Um, deep thick walls you cannot penetrate those it's very it's terrifying for them if you try to get you know too close or examine true. some of those things they're just not hearing it I think it's your state of mind whether you're willing or not to look deeper and to see these things you have to know you have an issue to want to heal you know right, what I mean right and I think we have that we came to that conclusion That's at true. the same time we were so. looking for yeah mm -hmm. and also you, as codependents we lack objectivity so if we don't see ourselves clearly mm -hmm. we don't see a problem we right. think we're, we're in denial we think everything's great so I think that's a really good point I think mm -hmm. uh, a lot of it too is if you're actually looking to we heal mm -hmm. if you see you know we lacked objectivity for sure oh but, for sure you know the Lord kind of brought us together in just a really miraculous wonderful way and we we're both kind of at the same place yeah. right yeah. and so we were and so willing it. 
to do this. I was telling Kim one day, I said, you know, I've done this. I'm doing this study about codependency and it's so great. And she was like, oh yeah, sounds good. But then I start telling her more about it and about boundaries and, and just all the different, you know, entanglements. Like, and, I need that. and you're like, oh my gosh, I need, I need that. that too. So it's just a chance conversation because it was something I was doing outside of work that I mentioned to her at work one time. And, um, and then we just said, oh, okay, well let's, mm -hmm. let's do a group together. So, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. so we did, but I think at different times and at different places yeah. in your life, you're going to be one, you might be one or the other, depending on who you're with. Agreed. So Agreed. you may be more one than the other, yeah. you know, but, um, uh, yeah, I think it's dependent where you are in your life, where you, your season of life and also who, who you're with mm -hmm. uh, and what true relationship true. that's that is so. because some people go through their life and never want to look at themselves honestly and they never yeah. want to see their issues and they never want to change and they don't want to deal with their stuff and you can't make them do that and there are some people that are to their dying day uh, they aren't you know they have that judas complex and everything think about mm -hmm. the saddest people you know mm -hmm. i don't think they ever feel like they have the savior savior mm -hmm. component of it mm -hmm. so you may not have both right you really may have a savior complex the all mm -hmm. the time and think you're right all the time and think that people cannot live without you all the time. <laughs> you're laughing because that's not good either. Yeah. Or you may be like, you know, I, I can never do anything right. I'm, I'm never going to be good enough. I don't even know why I'm here. I, I'm no, of no benefit to anybody. Mm -hmm. So either of those extremes are not healthy. I guess that's the whole point. Right. That was a really so, long-winded way of saying <laughs> True, they're true. bad. No, they're both bad, bad. Um, but when we become able to identify those patterns in yeah. our own lives, it will help us understand our mood swings, mm -hmm, our desire mm -hmm. to please people. Who are, oh, we want to please the people who appreciate yes. our saving them, our rescuing them, and we avoid those who don't. Because mm. when we have our savior complex on, we're going to help you. And we want you to appreciate it. Yes. We want you to tell us you appreciate it. Yes. We want you to praise us. And we want all the glory. So, but if you don't, then we're going to avoid you. Because yeah. you don't appreciate us. Right. Well, <laughs> you know. I feel like we should be appreciated. <laughs> but in a healthy way. In a healthy way. When we help in a healthy way. Right. Not, so, not yeah. codependent. I mean, everyone help. wants to be appreciated. I'm just saying, yes. when you do it, it's back to motive. You guys, right. it's back to motive. Right. Examine your motives. So, yeah. So, talk and about feel, what you were saying earlier about how... Pay attention to how you feel yes. about the, mm -hmm. the, the, how you feel around different people in your life. So, if you're around somebody and you feel superior about yourself and you just feel so good and you are like solving every problem they have... And they're just like, oh my gosh, you're so great. And your ego is like, oh, yes, I am. I'm fantastic. <laughs> I'm saving you. You have, you may, you may have savior complex. Um, on the other extreme, you may find that around certain people you feel insecure and you feel mm. withdrawn. And like, you can even see a difference if you're watching this mm -hmm. um, on YouTube. You can see a difference in my body language. Right? Like instead like, of being tall and yeah. straight, you become kind of introverted and withdrawn mm -hmm. and insecure. You're afraid. If you feel like you're afraid to speak your own mind because it won't be appreciated or right. valued, that you'll never measure up, that you'll never be good enough. That's a strong indicator that you are functioning from a place of Judas complex. Mm -hmm, absolutely. And if we stay in that Judas mode, we betray ourselves because we're not taking responsibility for ourselves. Um, if we stay in that superior mode, yeah, we're trying to control people. Like it's right. it, either way is out of balance. Mm -hmm. Either way is and out of balance. sometimes I think people in the Judas complex can control a little bit through their passivity mm. or their indifference Ooh. or not engaging. You know, they stay very passive. And I think that too is a betrayal 
because you're not being true to yourself or That's you're not true. really being true to the other relationships that you're in. Well, you do have right? things to add a value. And when you keep those to yourself, you really are trying betraying everybody. Mm -hmm. Right. True. Interesting. So let's talk a little bit about this whole fixing and rescuing and saving. Okay. I mean, I know that has been me so much of my life, and I know I did a disservice to my daughter by trying to rescue and fix. I just wanted to be this great mom. Let me be this good mom. Let me be the great wife. Here's what I'm going to do for my husband. I'm going to do everything. I'm going to do all the things, all the things. If he needs a doctor's appointment, I'm going to call and make it for him. You know, let me just make his life as easy as it can be because I'm this good wife. Well, you know, that's really not necessarily being a good wife. Right. Um, it really needs to be two-sided. If you're doing for each other, that's cool. But if it's one person that's working harder in the relationship, one person that's making the more sacrifices in the relationship, or is just always the one who's saving and fixing and rescuing, mm -hmm. that is a problem. Yeah. With your children, if you are enabling your children, if you're doing their homework for them, their school projects for them, that is enabling. Mm -hmm. That is codependency because you are not teaching them to be reliable. Responsible. I mean, rely, um, to rely on themselves to yeah. solve their own problems yeah. and, and let them do their own work. Because what happens when they get it's, out in the real world? Not they're not going to be in a job and they can't do their own project their yeah. boss assigns. They're not going to come home and bring it to you, mom. You know, they're going to be 30 years old and they're going to have a project at work. Are you going to do it for them, you know? So it's what it is, we talked about this earlier, is crippling. Mm -hmm. Because you're doing, this is not good. Because you're doing a disservice to your children. You are, what you're actually saying, and I think we may have talked about this yeah, before. But it's, it, I think it's that the maybe this underlying message that you're sending your children that they are not competent, that they can't do it on their own, that they need you. Mm -hmm. That's your need to be needed that you're projecting onto your children That's in a very them. unhealthy way, mm -hmm. very unhealthy. You should be teaching them that they can be independent, that they can problem solve, yeah. that they can figure this stuff out. If they need help and they ask questions, okay. Yeah, and you're there them. to support. Right, but not do for them. Correct. Mm -hmm. So that's the difference. Mm -hmm. That's the difference. And I think yeah. that's where we get lost and, mm -hmm. and we think it's all, or, again, that black and white, all or nothing. It right. really isn't all or nothing. Um, you know, unsolicited advice is doing too much. Right. They don't ask you for that's, it. Their advice, don't give it. That's savior complex. Like you can't, mm -hmm. you don't. Well, I know what you should do. You should do this. No. I, I'm. I hope I'm not as bad at that, but I think I used to be really bad at that. I think we all were when we were coaching. Really? I don't like think, I don't know why I thought I had all the answers, yeah. but I really felt like I had mm -hmm. all the answers. Right. It's that lack of objectivity. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, people need to be able to solve their own problems. People need to be able yes. to just talk through their things and know yes. that you're there to support. That's what love is. Right. It's being there to support and encourage, mm -hmm. not to control. Let them do... Let them take responsibility yeah. for what is their responsibility. There's a difference between carrying someone's, you know, burden to help someone along, to walk beside them, than taking their burden on yourself. Yeah. Let them do, as long as they're doing what they're supposed to do, right. and they're overwhelmed and need a little help, then you can walk beside them and help them while they're still doing what they need mm -hmm. to do. Mm -hmm. But if they're sitting back and letting you do it all, that's a problem. Yeah. So mom, dad, if you've got some adult kids at home that aren't working, well, maybe they have a drinking problem. Maybe they're depressed. You know what? There's solutions for that. They need to have those solutions. You should not be supporting your adult children at home if they're not working. And if they are working and they ain't paying rent and you're still paying their car payment or whatnot, stop it. Because that ain't a good thing. I have Don't a, pay their rent. Don't. I have a terrible example of this. Don't support your kids Not when they're adults. Not as extreme, but I, you just reminded me of something that happened when I was probably 
late teens, early 20s, <clears throat> um, I was at home with my parents and I was watching my mother for, as in a frenzy clean and do all this stuff. And I thought, I wonder if she needs some help. And in my, you know, you, your brain isn't fully formed and, and everything your until you're- year old brain. Yeah, <laughs> in my stupid head, I thought, well, she doesn't ask for help. And if she doesn't ask for help, I'm not gonna offer it. How terrible is that? All mom had to say, cause I was sitting on watching the, I was sitting on the couch watching TV. Mm -hmm. like. I literally should have been helping my mother. Um, all mom had to say was, will you come help me with this? And I would have gladly done it. I should have cared enough about my mom to see her. Do and that's what we think as parents. We think on the other Why side of that, get up as parents, me? we're like, she sees me over here working. Why isn't she offering to help? But on the flip side of that, don't you think there is something in that and people not being willing to ask for help when they need it? Yes. Like people would help them if yes. they ask for help, right? Yeah. I, yeah. So it's where's actually that very, boundary? It's you know, two where's sides the line? of it. It's, mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a good example for both sides it of it. It really is. Mm -hmm. And I didn't think about it. I just, it just kind of came to me. She should have said, hey, Kim, she can should you have asked get for help and, I, couch should, and, and I should have offered. Yeah. Right? But we so, should. So, Mom, I'm sorry. Because you I know what, though? Relationships are two ways. So here's one of the things I've learned, just observed in other situations with other folks as well as with, you know, probably my own. But when you spoil your kids and you enable your kids and you... Um, raise them to be very dependent rather than independent they don't necessarily respect you for it and they don't necessarily appreciate oh, no. it when you get older so trying to buy their love through that kind of thing is not going to work because they know somehow that they are not who they need to be yeah and they can be resentful for that I mean I can think of a couple cases of friends who spoiled their they were both boys and just always bailing them out of stuff and giving them money and doing whatever and those boys like were so ungrateful and so disrespectful mm -hmm. and treated them terrible. Mm -hmm. It was a very one side, and one in particular I can think of, was a very one-sided relationship. She did everything to try and keep him happy. He talked so bad to her. Mm. He was, I mean, he wouldn't even come for her birthday and bring her, you know, do anything for her birthday or acknowledge it. And yet she would go overboard for his. Well, that is a one-sided relationship. Yes. It doesn't have to be a romantic relationship that's one-sided, although those are as well. Yeah. But sibling to sibling, parent to child. It can be with coworkers. coworkers. Mm -hmm. If one person is doing all the work, is trying hard to maintain the relationship more than the other person, you don't really have a relationship. You have what's called an entanglement. Ooh. That's an entanglement. And that's why we talk about untangling relationships. Yes. And, um, yeah, an entanglement is not two-sided, um, equal, mm -hmm. mutually beneficial. Mm -hmm. It benefits one party. Yes. And that is not what we're looking mm -hmm. for. So, so we're, thank we're glad you yeah. guys joined us. Yeah. I think we beat this one to death. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> but we, <laughs> we hope we've made it clear uh -huh. because I think so many times we don't see the we things that are right in front of us. We so don't. we're learning together. Mm -hmm. We're growing together. If you have yes. questions, post them there um, and we will do our best, best to answer them. Um, oh, next week. We're super excited. Because we're going to have a guest. Oh! <laughs> Jeez. Yes. We're going to have our week. first guest. Yes. We're super excited about our guest. Yes. So we're yes, going to do an interview. Gonna, we're going to have, yes, we're going to have somebody who also has um, dealt with codependency yeah. issues in the past. We're going to hear her story 
and um, just kind of see where she is in her codependent walk yeah. and in healing from that. So, yeah. So it won't just be, be us. Yeah. You're, you are not alone. There's many of us. <laughs> There's more people out there. So <laughs> as we come across people that are willing to share their story, we'll bring them in too. Absolutely. So, um, this has been a little shorter, a shorter podcast, but next week we're going to go into more depth about a warped sense of responsibility. That's a big one for codependence. Mm -hmm. So we're going to spend some time on that. Yes. Um, so again, like, subscribe, mm -hmm. put your questions down there, and we will see you next week. Thanks so much see for ya. joining us. Bye.